This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, uh, spooky nerds. Aaron Sagers here, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. This week on the main episode, we talked to Mark H. Harris. He is the co author of The Black Guy Dies First. And it's a book examining tropes of black characters, African-American characters in horror cinema, how they've evolved, how they've persisted, and just various patterns. And it's um, a really fun read, actually. I, I, I mean, it's, it's very insightful, very educational, and you learn a lot. But it's also just very sharp, very funny. And uh, I highly recommend it. One of the, the highlights of it, that we talked about in the main episode with Mark is that, and and the co-author is Dr. Robin R. Means Coleman, I believe. And what we talked about in the interview was just the, how George A. Romero, of course, Night of the Living Dead director and Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead and um, Land of the Dead, how he keeps kind of popping up when we're talking about these, horror tropes in in um it with with black characters and he tends to fare pretty well because night of living dead you know the character of ben is so so in 1968 that character was so kind of transformative and and progressive for the moment and uh, and then he did it again with the uh, land of the dead years later and and the various other points but it's a it's an interesting read. So from fodder to Oscar, the black guy dies first. Check out that interview and check out that book. It's a good one. Now, on the Patreon side of things, just to update you on various things, on Tuesday, April 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we are doing a movie watch live stream and trivia night. And as it often happens when I'm doing these live streams, I can't quite decide which movie to watch. Um, with all of our patrons out there, our excellent patrons. So I decided I'm going to put it up to a vote. I'm recording this on a Thursday, so we don't have a lot of time for this vote. But we're either going to watch Beetlejuice or The Evil Dead. Now, why those two? Well, one, Beetlejuice on March 30th celebrated its 35th anniversary, and it's just a great movie and always worth revisiting. And The Evil Dead on April 15th, that movie directed by Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert and, of course, starring Bruce Campbell, that is celebrating its 40th anniversary. But The Evil Dead is also, I think, perhaps worth watching because the in addition to the anniversary, we have Evil Dead Rise coming out in um, less than two weeks, I think. And that is kind of continuing that franchise. So it might be good to revisit the early Evil Dead movies. Of course, there's Evil Dead and The Evil Dead, and we're going to be doing The Evil Dead. But 
So those are the votes. Um, I want you guys to let me know what you think we should watch. You can either drop it in the comments of this video on Patreon, or you can email me at talkingstrange@denofgeek.com and say what we should watch. And if you're not a member of the Patreon, come join us. Doing lots of fun movie watches, cocktail chats, and live streams. Patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. Also, another bit of housekeeping. I'm going to get to our paranormal story of the week. We are giving away digital codes for the unrated edition of Megan. Of course, that's the movie about the evil AI child companion and robot. And uh, and it really took it's it's a fun movie actually, and um, <laughs> it's it's really fun. And and of course, it, it took social media by storm because of the dance that Megan does became a meme and talked about across social media but we're giving digital codes away for the unrated version of this movie unrated edition of megan and in order to do this it's simple we only have a limited number of codes but this is simple to get one all you got to do is email me talking strange at denageek.com and i would like to hear your stories about a creepy encounter with computers or artificial intelligence or technology. Um, You know, there's a lot of them. I I mean, for me personally, I know that there's been times in the middle of the night where it seems like my smart device is triggered and starts answering questions to things I did not ask. And I'm pretty certain my dog did not ask. Uh, that gets creepy. In fact, I think on one of these live streams with folks about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than that, I was talking about a paranormal investigation. I think it was in Virginia City, and I did not use the word demon. I did not use, I did not um, wake the smart device. I'm being very careful not to use the various names I have for the smart devices, not to do it right now, but I did not use their name. But out of nowhere, it triggered and offered some sort of arcane definition of a specific demon. It was bizarre. It was creepy. That's the kind of story I would submit if I was trying to get a digital code for Megan unrated of of our smart devices getting a little bit creepy. So send me your stories. Creepy encounters with technology, with smart devices, with AI I don't know if you interact with a lot of robots, send them to talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. And if you send them to me and um, get them in fast, you'll get a a code, digital code for the Megan Unrated. And speaking of giveaways, I got another one. So there is going to be a special screening of Renfield, the new movie coming out with Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt and Aquafina, And that is going to be taking place in New York City. Still waiting for the final dates on that, but I would like to invite some guests. I'm going to be giving out passes to a few listeners and viewers, and you know the drill. To be considered, send me a creepy story, which I will then probably read uh, on, on, on air or on an episode. Not on air. God, what is this? 1920s radio? I'll read on a episode of the podcast and live stream show. For this, how about uh, real stories of vampires, if you have those? Or someone you think might be a vampire. And there are people out there that just seem kind of not quite right. Not not existing in the same way that us normal flesh and, bag, flesh and blood meat bags do. So maybe stories of vampires 
or Creepy Tales from New Orleans, because that's where the film is set and where where it was filmed. So send those to Talking Strange at denofgeek.com. On the topic of Renfield, coming up on Talking Strange, we are going to be having interviews with Chris McKay, the director of the film, and producer Robert Kirkman. Of course, we know Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead and, and Invincible. He was also one of the creatives on this. We've got those interviews on the way. And the movie itself, I have now seen it twice at the time of of this recording. In fact, I'm supposed to see it again for a third time next week. I'm I'm recording this on the on Thursday, March 30th. So the film, man, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh it's big bloody fun. It's ridiculously bloody. It's but it's and it's and it's creepy and threatening at times. Aquafina, who is in it, is she's hilarious. I I really I kind of have a crush on her because she is so talented and funny. Ben Schwartz is in it. He plays a good slimy yet ineffective gangster. Uh, this is really Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage's movie, The Nicholases. Um, Nicholas Holt is a guy that we've seen him in so many movies, Mad Max Fury Road, The Great. He was in the X-Men first class uh, movies. And um, he, and uh, and of course, he was in that zombie film a million years ago, Warm Bodies. He's charming. He's funny. He's a really great talent, who exceptional talent, who seriously pulls his weight and everything. As comedic chops are very, very sharp, and the story really is revolving around him and his toxic relationship with his boss for more than a century, Dracula. And Dracula is played by Nicolas Cage. This is the, I believe, the first major Hollywood studio release with Nicolas Cage in a couple of years. And this is a role that just seems like it's one he was born to play. He is villainous. He chews the scenery. He's delightfully bad, bad, bad guy, Dracula. He, and what I, what I really appreciate about his performance and also Chris McKay's direction is that with this is heavily this this movie is is produced by Universal Pictures and we have this direct lineage to the Bella Lugosi movie and Cage really draws his influence from Lugosi down to the highlighting of the eyes like they would did in the 1931 movie. There's also influences from Christopher Lee and Gary Oldman and all the other on-screen Draculas. You could tell that Nicolas Cage is just having a blast in this role. It is just a lot of fun. I suspect that if this movie does well, it's going to be the anchor for the new Universal Monster Cinematic Universe, previously known as Dark Universe. And there's even, without spoiling anything, there's some teases in the movie that I think they could lean into if the movie does well. I think it will do well, too. Um, I, as I said, I saw it twice, and the first was for a press screening, and the second was for the world premiere in New York city. And then I was fortunate to be invited to the party afterwards. And in addition to having some themed cocktails that have uh, had a little plastic fangs in it, we, there's lots of bites, uh, I guess pun intended for a vampire movie. And of course, a lot of pretty people, a lot of celebrities, including Nicolas Cage wearing his uh, sparkly jacket and 
zebra print pants and and cowboy boots and i think we're in this era that even though we have these well-known actors who are celebrities and and appear in blockbusters and mcu movies there's a dwindling amount of true movie stars and cage is one of them and when you interact with him and you see him just moving through the room there is this this energy and and i was fortunate to to witness that in person he is cool he is a presence and he just kind of glides through the room i guess similar to how dracula would uh, if dracula existed or maybe dracula does exist he just wants us to think he's a, a fictional creation um, the other kind of highlights of that party were interacting uh, with uh, Darcy Corden, who was in The Good Place, and Barry. She is just a very, I think, funny actress, and she's not in the movie, but she was at the party, and it was just a delight seeing her. And then Brandon Scott Jones, who plays Isaac on the CBS series Ghost, was there. He is in the film, and he's another one that's just, I, I think increasingly as we see him show up in more TV and movie projects, he's, you're just excited to see him. He's just excited. He's cause he brings so much to the screen. And also Jenna, uh, Cannell, Cannell, Jenna, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. She is in the film and it's interesting talking to her because we had this shared connection. She's appearing in the build out, the movie produced by Greg and Dana Newkirk and we were just chatting about that. So it's a small world and a, and a cool world. It's I, I like it when we have those interactions. Okay. So been meandering. This is small talking yet. I'm talking long. Let's get to our paranormal story of the week. And this comes to us from David and uh, David and Alicia. And they are, I'm very, very grateful to have to count them amongst just incredible supporters on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. And so they submitted this letter to me and I'm going to read it. Subject line, simply put, was paranormal story. Short, simple, to the point. I like it. Okay, let's hear from David. Hi, Aaron. I found myself thinking about haunted locations and the attraction they hold recently. There are many reasons that a person could be attracted to a haunted location. What I'm wondering is, can a person be addicted to a location? A little backstory. Back in 2020, Alicia and I took a paranormal road trip, which accumulated in with an overnight investigation at Farrar School in Maxwell, Iowa. And throughout the evening... We had personal experiences that proved to us that the school was haunted. Everything from audible whistling to having a closet door rattle violently while I was sitting next to it, speaking to the principal in his office. Needless to say, we were hooked and knew we had to go back. We returned again in 2022, and while we did not experience the same level of interaction, we still had quite a bit. Going over our evidence, we learned that there was far more happening than we realized at the time. With whispers and lockers banging while we were on other floors, we couldn't wait to get back again. So, now, it's 2023. I'm turning 50 this year, and I knew I had to celebrate. Alicia and I will be spending my birthday 
with the spirits of Farrar. Having what I hope will be the most haunting birthday party I've ever had. Unfortunately, today we learn that the Farrar School is going up on the market. My birthday might be the last opportunity we have to visit this great haunt. I find myself saddened that we did not learn of this location earlier to allow for more time at the school. Hopefully the new owners will allow for continued public investigations. I can truly see that if Farrar were to stay open, that this would be a location that would continue that we would continue to visit on an annual basis. So what brings about that desire? Is it a search for the unexplained in a place that you know you can count on for interaction? Is it an empathy that you feel for the spirits or the location, especially in a school? Or is it a compulsion, almost an addiction? There are paranormal teams that visit the same locations over and over again, as if they are being called back to the location. I've heard owners of some haunted locations simply state that they feel drawn to the building, sometimes to the detriment of their own personal lives. Are we so desperate for answers from the afterlife that we forget to live the life we have? Maybe I'm just rambling, but I'd like to get your input and that of your listeners. Thanks, David. And I want to shout out to David. Like I said, you write in, I read the letter, and everybody gets a plug. Everybody gets a a plug to what they're promoting, so I'm going to a plug David at well, that sounded really wrong. I'm going to plug David's social media and he, he and Alicia tweet and post on our paranormal escapades at OPE underscore MN on Twitter. Uh, David, thanks so much for your letter. I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good question. It's a good point. And certainly I've heard a lot of people that tend to go back over and over again to the same location. I think maybe it's because there is there's interaction that they continue to have. On the other hand, I think that on some level, locations can almost be borderline addictive because, well, there is the thrill of potential interaction at a haunted location, but some people start feeling very personally connected to a spot and and you mentioned owners of some locations i i have seen people to the detriment of their own personal lives as you've said be connected to a spot and what tends to happen is now this this notion of ghosts even though we don't know precisely what they are we we tend to think that they are some version of the living that continues to exist in some form or fashion. There's also like time slips and residual and echoes and time and everything. But I th- what I have witnessed is some people, even though they're operating within the realm of unexplained, they start applying rules to the phenomena that they are experiencing at a location to the point that they're giving them names, even though if it's not confirmed that that's the name of the phenomena they're inter- interacting with or applying rules of, well, they don't like it when you do this and they don't like it when you do that. And while I think you always have to behave with respect and try to be polite to whatever with whatever you're interacting with, I also think it can get dodgy if you start applying rules to things that we don't understand and are not truly explained. There's, uh, there's, you can read too much into certain things, and then that that puts you in a box for your investigation. But I do think there's a borderline addictive element that can come into it. And I would like to hear from 
everyone else out there. Also, I apologize. It's not, I'm I have to call it out because it's just going to drive me insane. I I mispronounced David earlier in the letter said the road trip culminated with an overnight investigation. And I said uh, accumulated and, um, you know, brain fart. Right. Happens to everyone. So uh, what are your reactions to David's stories? Sound off with advice. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. Share your stories about hauntings, strange encounters in the woods, unusual lights in the sky, any cryptid or UFO stories. I want to hear them. I want to hear about encounters with any bizarre humans that just made your skin crawl at the soul level where you just knew there was something not quite right about them. Any near misses with danger or violence or, you know, you hung out at the same bar as a serial killer. I've heard those stories. They creep the hell out of me more than ghosts. Uh, Some instinct or strange force guided you to safety or away from certain disaster or doom. Tell it to me. Send those stories in. Send it all in to TalkingStrange at denageek.com. Also, send in guest suggestions. I've had some come in from a couple of you. I am listening. I am paying attention to those. I'm going to follow up, and thank you for sending those in. Also, uh, feel free to ask questions about me, about the show, about my experiences. Uh, Throw it all in there. Send it all in to TalkingStrange at denageek.com. And also, remember, we got that Megan Unrated giveaway, and we're going to be giving away passes to the Renfield screening in New York City. All right, folks, I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. Until next time, my friends, remember, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.